We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630, Chad. Yeah, I'll take the Isle of Tiger over the right stuff in terms of uh, movies from the early 80s for 200, Alex. Welcome back, everybody. It's 135 in Edmonton, 1235 Pacific. The Edmonton Oilers in action tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers now. Our hotline number is 780-496-0068. Still to come, some texts that we're going to get to. Uh, an interview that uh, Brendan Ulrich did with Alberta Golden Bears head coach Serge Lejoie. They have a huge playoff series this weekend. If they win, they will qualify for nationals. If they lose, their dream of a three-peat comes to an end, and there has not been a team three-peat. CIS hockey since the Golden Bears 78 to 1980. In fact, there hasn't been a team uh, repeat in CIS hockey uh, other than the Bears in the last 20 years. So there you have it. Bears have done three times. Uh, again, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at orders now. Panahut Express with catering options for every event, meetings, parties, or even that forgotten family gathering. Visit panahutexpress.net or call 780-473-3663 and place your order now. Bob, a tweet here from uh, Bob McKenzie. He says that it sounds like Christian Erhoff will be moving from L.A. to Chicago. Not official, but likely to occur. There you go. There's your. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So the Kings moved $1.5 million in cap space. And the Hawks would then turn around and send one of their. I know that uh, Van Rienstijk got nicked up in the last game. Uh, right now, Erhoff was down in the minors. And I know that the Kings were looking for specifically a right shot defenseman, one better than Jamie McBain out of Wisconsin. Hmm. We shall see what that means, if anything. It was also interesting yesterday to hear Jim Fox talk about the fact that, uh, you know, he believes the Kings will do everything in their power to get Milano Lucic re-signed to a con. I know we've got people texting the show saying the order should offer $8 million a year or times three years for Lucic, but uh, Jim Fox thinks the Kings are going to get it done. Jerry Johansson's been busy. He represents Milano Lucic. He also has Braden Coburn. He got Coburn done yesterday, or, well, yeah, I guess... Late yesterday, and since the deal got signed early this morning, three-year extension at $3.7 million. David Kay represents uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers defenseman Brandon Davidson. Davidson's probably, you would think, looking at either a two- or four-year extension. He's uh, an unrestricted free agent in three years. He's played well uh, and probably deserves uh, a raise. I don't think there's any debate about that. Uh, been effective. Uh, the Oilers have passed along. It'll be Cam Talbot and not... Anders Nielsen starting in goal. Talbot this year, 12-22-3, and three, a 2.71 goals against average and a .911 save percentage. The Oilers D with uh, holding Schultz out last night in L.A. We'll have Andre Sekera with Mark Fain, Brandon Davidson, who for 10 of the last 11 games has played 20-plus minutes, and Jordan Osterley, who's averaged 19.45 in his first two games this season, and then Darnell Nurse and Adam Clendenning. 
up front, uh, Hall with Dreisaitl and Zach Cassian. I know I got a couple texts asking me my thoughts on the play of Zach Cassian. I, I don't know about you, Brendan, but I don't know if I thought Cassian would be as good as he's been. Like, he didn't play for a while, and so he's up to about 15 games. He's played pretty well. Like, he clearly can play a top. He's, I don't think there's any debate he's a top nine forward in the NHL, and he gives the Oilers something that they don't have. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if Peter Shirelli, at some point between now and September, added another player along the lines of a Zach Cassian type. A bigger bodied presence that's willing to fight once in a while, that goes to Lynette that's got a little bit of skill and ability. And there's not an abundance of those guys out there, but there are some guys out there that may, you know, if the Kings, as an example, uh, want to get Lucic re-signed. Do they move out some of the size, a guy like Dwight King or Kyle Clifford? Do the Ducks, if they got it, they want to get their D uh, re-signed, do they look at, at moving out a guy like Patrick Maroon? But I think the orders will add another bigger four. They have to. There's no. They have to change the makeup and become more difficult to play against. Drysaddle with Hall and Cassian McDavid with Pouliot and Everly. Connor McDavid second in the NHL in points since the All Star break. To Ryan Getzlaff of the Anaheim Ducks. Anton Lander, who's still not scored in 51 goals uh, games played this year. I mean, it's it's been a disastrous year for Anton and disappointing uh, with Jajar Kara and Neil Yakupov. By the way, we got texts from people saying the order should have re-signed Derek Roy. Uh, Derek Roy did not get a contract anywhere in the NHL this year. He's playing in Switzerland. I'll say this about Derek. He was a consummate pro last year when he came over. He had great gamesmanship. There's no question he and Purcell helped Yakupov a bit in the back half of the season. Um, everything being equal. Once the Oilers won the lottery, I think that took Derek Roy right out of the mix because we knew Connor McDavid was going to be here, and it's just unfortunate we haven't had a chance to see what McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent, Hopkins, all three could do together. Perhaps playing center, uh, Latestu, Hendricks, and uh, Korpakowski rounded out the lines last night for the Kings. Getzlaff with Perron and Santorelli. Ryan Getzlaff, uh, 38 points, 37 career games against the Oilers. Uh, on a nine-game point scoring streak. He's got 14 points during that stretch. I already talked about Ricard Raquel's really blossomed this year. He'll be with Nick Ritchie, a big power forward, and Corey Perry. Ryan Kessler, fourth in the NHL, 58% in the face-off circle, and the Ducks are fourth in the NHL in face-offs, just under 52% as a team. With Andrew Cogliano and Jakob Silverberg on the third line, and then Thompson with Maroon and Ryan Garbutt. On defense, Cam Fowler, who is minus 53 his first two years in the NHL. Uh, he's playing 22-23 per game. That leads the Ducks a nice time this year. Fowler with Kevin Bieksa, Hampus Lindholm with Josh Manson, Simone Dupre with Sammy Votnin, and it will be Freddie Anderson starting in goal for the uh, Anaheim Ducks tonight. I do think the Ducks add one top six forward by a trade to replace Santorelli, to push Santorelli further down the lineup. That's my guess. But this will be a battle tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. There is no question about that. You can text us at 6.30, 6.30. I think we just got time for some uh, texts here. So let's bang off uh, three or four. And no, we don't just cherry-pick the ones that are negative. We try to have some fun. Bob, what are your thoughts on possibly grabbing a guy like Brian Bickle at six foot four, two hundred and thirty-three pounds? Can't get much bigger than that, and he signed a four years, uh, or signed for four million till the end of the twenty sixteen seventeen season. Um, my guess is the Hawks buy Bickle out. He just doesn't play 
physical enough. Uh, he's he's been an effective player in the playoffs. He's a bit like Penner. Uh, I think Penner's better. I mean, Penner scored 92 goals over four years as an Oiler. Bickle has, uh, you know, I don't. Has Bickle even broken the 20 goal plateau in his career? Dustin Penner scored 30 one year and had 20 the next year with the Oilers. So, uh, I to me, Bickle would not be the right fit. Uh, the only way I'd take Bickle is under the premise that we would be buying him out and then getting a better asset as well in any deal involving Chicago. Uh, Hank says, Bob, what do you think about the orders going after Marcus Foligno? He is an RFA this year and similar to Cassian. I'd like to know your thoughts. I actually personally have some time for Foligno. Um, I thought, if you recall, when he first came up, I think he had 11 points in 12 games towards the end of the season. Uh, but he hasn't come close to replicating that. He is, to me, he's a nine-ten forward for you. He's either you know you're you're a third liner or a fourth line winger. I don't think he can move up and play in a top six role. I think Zach Cassian can, and that's the difference between those two players. Wes says, Bob, do you think that uh, Peter Shirelli, um will re-sign Zach Cassian for the long term? Uh, I, I think Cassian's in the world at least for another year of still proving it, and I think he gets a one-year extension. That would be my guess for Zach Cassian. Out of Grand Prairie, Ray says, Bob, would you do Garnell Nurse for Travis Hamannick? Or he says, I would do. Uh, Ray from Grand Prairie says he would trade Darnell Nurse for Travis Hamannick. Would you do it? Or would you have to add something to get it done? Uh, well, no, actually the other way. I would not do the trade. And i tell you what I would do, and I mentioned this the other day. If the Oilers drafted outside of the top five, like let's say the Islanders decided to go for it, added a, a pretty good player, um, and gave up their first-round pick, I would consider turning around, like, you know, reaching out to the Islanders and saying, you know, if we're out of the top four, and now we're in the Jacob Chickman range, I would give that pick up for Travis Hamlin for some immediate help in the back end. Those top three guys are pretty enticing. You know, you don't trade Austin Matthews unless you're talking, you know, an Oliver ekman Larson package or something like that. And I'm not saying that Arizona would do that for a second. Um, Bob, would Winnipeg part with Tyler Myers from Jeff? I don't think so. But they do have Bufflin and they do have Jacob Trubin. They're both right shots. So I'm not sure on that one. Bob, you've mentioned Brett Ritchie. What is your belief on where he'd fit in with the Oilers? Is he a Shirelli type of player for Bruce? Um, I don't know if Richie has taken his game to the next level. He's sort of had the same kind of numbers all three years down in the minors. He had off-season wrist surgery. He's a six foot three, two hundred and twenty-five pound, less physical version of his brother uh, Nick Richie. I, I, I like Brett Richie, but I think Dallas sees him as a you know top nine slash top six forward for years to come. That's uh, we're going to take one more call here. Is this a different Joe? Yeah. Joe, how are you doing? Okay, how are you? Good, what's up? Uh, I just wanted to say something about uh, about uh, Neil Yakupov, because I, I kind of still believe in that guy. And uh, I, I, I think that really the Oilers made a, you know, I think they should have given him a chance to play again with McDavid, seeing that they briefly, briefly succeeded together. And simply because of this, because I believe that Neil Yakupov could become a premier striker in this league. I think he could be a 50-goal scorer in this league. Uh, you know, his defensive 
deficiencies aside that would be covered, you know, if he was playing with a guy like Nate David. And I also believe that leaving Pooley out there, and, and then never mind McDavid, but also Eberly, who are both, you know, they, they both they both moved the puck very cleverly. Uh, I, you know, it's kind of almost a waste of time with Pooley on it. And, and I think you even mentioned it earlier that, you know, he's a six or seven. And I, I, I really believe that that Yakupov can be, on 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 a first line scoring a lot of goals and I, I hope you others listen to me on this one <laughs> all right joe thank you for the call yeah. i do think uh, if you heard bruce carriott today he figures 99 percent sure that personal gets moved at some point if that happens you might see everly move up and play with dry settle and hall or maybe yakupov gets reunited with pouliot and uh and mcdavid at some point nail in order for nail to become an elite scorer uh he needs to learn how to uh, how do I say this? Uh, work better with his teammates on the ice. Okay, he, he's a wonderful person to deal with off the ice. He's a nice guy, but when you watch it, it's like he's on his own. It's like he's speaking one language and everybody else is speaking another language. And um, McDavid's so good. I know I, I talked to somebody connected to a player today who said, you know. I could score 35 goals next year playing with McDavid. That's how good McDavid is. But uh, I do think I do think he'll. You know, I don't think Yak's going to get traded by the deadline. I know there's people that thought Montreal. I don't see that happening for a second. All right, here's uh, here's what we got to do. Uh, now, off season, all bets are off when it comes to Yakupov. But I don't see anything happening in the short term. Very quickly, let's go to this day in Oilers history. It is brought to you by the fine folks at New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company, for 36 years, offering great package tours on river cruising in Europe for 26. February 26, 1992. I remember this deal. The Oilers uh, send Joe Murphy to the Blackhawks to get back Igor Kravchuk and Dean McCammond. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. We've got great travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, golf packages, employee corporate reward trips. Call a friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Brendan Ulrich is going to take you home for the final 10 minutes of the show. I'll be rejoining you from Anaheim tonight on the Face-Off show. Reminder, 6.30 Chet News, weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News um, with uh, Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross after an interview with Brendan and Serge Lajoie, the head coach of the Golden Bears. Hi, this is Taylor Hoff and your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on 6.30 Chet. Back here on Oilers now, uh, Brendan Ulrich guiding you home. Bob Stoffer out in Anaheim, California for tonight's Oilers and uh, Ducks game. They'll rejoin you back uh, on the pregame show. Uh, but first, uh, we bring aboard the head coach of the University of Alberta, Golden Bears, game one tonight over at Claire Drake Arena as uh, the Golden Bears host Mount Royal. We bring aboard Serge Lejoie. Serge, how you doing? Good. How are you doing today? Oh, not too bad. Uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, lots of excitement for you and your team as we uh, head into the playoffs here tonight. Um, you look at uh, the fact that your team has had some time off, but the fact that you guys have been playing well, uh, I'm sure the bye helps, but at the same time, I'm sure you're you're anxious to get back out there. Yeah, that was evident this week, uh, you know, from a coaching staff point. Uh, it was good to have that bye week. Um, allowed us to, you know, to continue to, to build off of the our last two weekends, and we've had, uh, you know, 
uh, 10 good days of practices, but, um, you know, you could tell early on uh, this week, the guys are, uh, they're tired of practicing. They're ready to go. So, uh, you know, uh, we're looking to feed off of the energy that they created over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, like I said, the guys are excited to get going. Yeah, you mentioned that energy, and uh, you know I'm sure the team's confident after four straight wins. Of course, beating Mount Royal and also Saskatchewan. Uh, you add in the fact that this team surge knows that uh, they can win around this time of the year. Uh, I'm sure the confidence level must be pretty high. It is, and uh, with the kind of year that we had, uh, that, that confidence always has been there. Uh, but I think the um, you know the windy road that we uh, we had uh, during the regular season kind of. It reaffirmed that uh, you know you don't get anything for free. You got to work for it. And uh, as much as uh, they can draw on their experience from previous years, and know that you know we know that this group has had success um, in the playoffs and uh, with the two national championships last uh, you know last two years. But uh, they also recognize that there's a lot of work ahead, and it's going to come down to details and and playing the game the right way for for this group to be successful. Yeah, you mentioned the back-to-back uh, championships. Uh, of course, your uh, your first year here with the team uh, as you enter the playoffs. Uh, but you look at the fact that uh, you know it has been back-to-back. Do you think there's any any pressure? I'm just playing devil devil's advocate here because you mentioned the confidence, but at the same time, I'm sure there's some pressure to repeat or go for the three-peat. Yeah, we haven't really addressed it all year. Um, it's uh, it's always nice to draw on the experience, on the success of past years. Uh, but, at, uh, you know, when you look at it and you break it down, uh, you're really looking to build right from the first day of training camp. You're looking to build to, to, to put yourself in the best position to, to be successful in playoffs. And that's what we've done this year. It's, it's a new year. It's a, as much as there's a lot of returning players, there's still some new faces in the lineup. Uh, you know, new head coach, uh, and uh, so there was a lot of adjustments that needed to, to come into play. So um, you know, the, the maturity, the experience of this group really showed, especially uh, during those troubled times. So um, I think that that will bode well to get us ready uh, to have a good playoff push. Serge Lejoie, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, joining us here on Oilers Now. Uh, let's look at Mount Royal here. Um, of course, you guys just had a look at them not too long ago. Uh, a really good team, though, a team that uh, you know made quick work of UBC uh, in the opening round of the playoffs here as well. So they're, they're in playoff mode already. Uh, but you guys have beat them three or four times this season. What can you tell us about Mount Royal? Um, very hardworking team, a good transition team, skates very well. Um, you know they keep their uh, the pace of their game uh, very high through good uh, line changes, um, you know, and uh, very good goaltending uh, with Colin Cooper and uh, very balanced attack. And uh, you know their defenses uh, they they make it earn. Uh, you know they're if we're going to make it to the front of the net and uh, try to occupy space in that blue paint, they're going to make us pay for it. So. Um, that's exactly the opponent uh, that uh, we want to face because, uh, you know, we have a healthy uh, level of respect for them. Uh, it's helped in our preparation. Uh, it's really helped in terms of keeping our focus in practice. That uh, We know that, um, that we can't, uh, we definitely will never take any opponent lightly. We will not take Mount Royal uh, lightly at all, and uh, it, it's helped in our preparation. So it, it bodes well for a very good weekend. It's going to be a close weekend, and it's going to come down to the team that is going to be able to impose their will uh, at a greater level. 
Serge, you hit on that balanced attack, but they also do have a, a game-breaker in Tyler Fiddler, who is uh, second in the conference in scoring. What's the key to limiting him? It's um, respecting his ability. Uh, knowing that, um, like you mentioned, uh, he can uh, he can be very, very potent in the offensive zone. But, um, you know, very impressed with how he plays. He plays the game the right way. So, um, again, uh, we don't want to give him any space. So we want to play him tight, uh, take away his, uh, his time, his space, his ability to, to make plays. And, uh, again, that's just... Uh, it, it helps us really uh, have a, a strong focus heading into uh, our, our very, very first shift. And for us, it's going to be um, making sure we're sharp for the first 10 minutes. Uh, Mount Royal is coming off, like you mentioned, a, a good weekend against UBC. They're in playoff mode. But uh, we've also been in playoff mode for the last three weeks because uh, we put ourselves in a spot to, uh, to uh, you know, to, to push to get a bye into the first round. So, um, coming back to your point, Tyler's a good player, but uh, he's only one player. They're, they've got four or five very good offensive players that uh, uh, that'll make it challenging for us to uh, you know to restrict uh, their opportunities offensively. That is Serge Lejoie, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears. Game one going tonight over at Claire Drake Arena, 7 p.m. Uh, also here tonight on, on uh, Inside Sports, Ree Wilkins will have a half-hour show before the face-off show. At 6 o'clock, he'll be joined by Doug McLean from NHL Hockey on Rogers, following the pregame show after that, and then puck drop at 8 o'clock from Anaheim. That wraps up Oilers now. We'll talk to you on Trade Deadline Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.